Okay. Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers, Father Brian. This is Father Tate. Today we are going to start our Lenten journey through, releasing one uh, reflection or so a week every Monday morning. So. Correct. And we hope that you're able to join us. So the first talk is going to be about the first Sunday of Lent, which is the spiritual um, the day in the desert. Um, and so we're going to read from the Gospel of Mark. Which is my favorite gospel. Yeah. Mark chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is a beautiful gospel passage that shows why Christ goes into the desert, the importance of prayer. And that's often the, the one question that we have when we're asking ourselves when we read this gospel passage is what is the purpose? Why did Jesus need to go into the desert? If Jesus is the Son of God, can he be tempted? And so uh, Archbishop Fon Sheen writes so beautifully in saying temptation was seen as a, as a negative preparation for his ministry, just as his baptism for his ministry, as baptism has been a positive preparations. And so before we go any further, we have to understand that in, in, the, in the life of Jesus, Jesus wasn't being tempted. The word tempted was understood as to be tested. Jesus was showing us how to live a life of holiness. And the first step is a life of prayer to strengthen us when the temptation comes. This can be seen as testing or trying. And some of these are often seen in the Old Testament, like Deuteronomy. Chapters 4, verse 34, or Tobit, or sometimes in the Gospel about this enticement to evil. The three temptations we'll talk later on as more of these uh, um, episodes are being released. The state of being tempted, or that which tempts or entices to evil. And the list goes on and on and on. And so, go ahead. So just put a word out there too. Um, Mark's Gospel, this is, you know, this is the... First, this is within the first chapter of Mark's, and that's one of the beautiful parts about Mark is he's so, as one of our professors said, stark in his descriptions. So, uh, Mark starts off with uh, prepare the way of the Lord, John the Baptist. Jesus comes, is born, not in any real descriptive way like Luke's gospel. And then it goes right into Jesus being baptized and him coming up out of the water saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And right after that, Jesus is shot out into the desert to be tempted. <laughs> so Mark's getting to this point, right? Um, and it also says in the passage, after John had been arrested or had been handed over, had been betrayed, essentially, is what that word actually gets down to. <laughs> and so... John the Baptist, Mark is pointing out, John the Baptist is the Elijah coming in. Okay, we've prepared the way of the Lord. Okay, now this is Jesus coming, and this is Jesus' mission. What's Jesus' mission? Who else was cast out of, uh, into the wilderness? John the Baptist. Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve were cast out of paradise into the garden. Mm-hmm. Or into the, not into the garden, out of the garden, into, into the, the wilderness. wilderness. Yep. Uh, who else was pushed into, or went into the wilderness? Uh, the Israelites, out of Egypt, years. they went in 40 years. And so, the Old Testament, New Testament, we love playing with numbers. And what does 40 represent? <coughs> A time of testing. 40 years, 40 days. Correct. It's the same 40. So, time of testing, and what is the Father testing. Jesus is going, and Luke or Mark is pointing in this gospel, Jesus is going straight into the mission of the Father, which is what? To be obedient where humanity hasn't been obedient. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it was what it comes down to. Is Adam and Eve left the garden, uh, weren't obedient to the Lord, uh, covenant over covenant over covenant over covenant, uh, promise after promise, broken, broken, broken. Um, on our end, and then Israelites, same thing, in the wilderness, not doing the will of the Father. Uh, and Jesus goes into the wilderness, and he does the will of the Father. So, And then you push that even further into the egg in the garden. So Mark is right away saying Jesus is baptized, the Father's will pleased, and his mission is to mm-hmm. take on sin, quite literally, at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And that's an important part to really consider as we go through this Lenten reflection is Christ is being pushed out and to be tested to, first and foremost, of his, his, his humility and to be obedient to the will of the, of the Father. <clears throat> There's no more testing area than when, when we go into the desert. Right, so it's now a good moment to kind of review about the Ignatian method of prayer. Uh, that was one of the very, very first episode release in this podcast to talk about the our prayer right to acknowledge the feelings that you've had to acknowledge what your thoughts were as you as we read this gospel passage you know to be able to relate it back to god and then to receive what god wants of us and to respond and so when we talk about uh, as we as we begin to talk more and more during this lenten reflection is i want you to pay attention to the scenery of the desert right so just close your eyes you know, imagine yourself that you're you, that you're in the desert. What do you see? Whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Can you feel the heat? And what does it feel like? What do you smell? Are there anything around you that has a distinct smell? And is this scene attractive to you at all? Just remind you, you can't pause the podcast and just sit there and be with the Lord in that little bit of a scene setup and then hit play for the rest of this. Especially during Lent. The gospel, the, the gospel writers often, we often write about Jesus going to the desert. Just with the mini exercise, just setting up this more of a prayerful approach to the gospel. You will see that the desert tests a lot of us, right? How many times have we, have we kind of complained about praying to God and there's so many distractions in our life? And how it would be so much easier if all of these things were, were removed from us? Or... Um, I'm always uncomfortable in prayer. How do I still remain 
in the time of prayer with God, right? Or, I don't know what I'm doing. What, how am I supposed to hear God's voice? In what ways is He speaking to me? The desert is a good place to start because A, it settles us down, right? When you have nothing but you and the elements, all you're left is your thoughts, right? Once your, your thoughts are calmed down, your breathing is calm, what are you, what do you have left? The desert is so hot and brutal, <clears throat> it makes everyone vulnerable. No matter how strong you are, and how physically fit you are, and how mentally strong you are, it makes us vulnerable because we have to confront ourselves. And that's the place where God wanted Jesus to be. Not as a way to punish Jesus, no, but to enter into a more a place of solitude and the openness to receive what God is trying to teach us in that time of prayer. So another real important thing is um, in this, Jesus is not going about this temptation in his divinity. So he's going about it in his humanity. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? All these temptations, <laughs> he could be showing the glory that he does at one point as transfiguration, but essentially, essentially his divinity, his right-hand divinity is tied behind his back, and he's only going about this time in the desert with the weak humanity that he's taking on, our weak humanity that he's taking on. So his hand is, his divinity hand is uh, willingly tied back, and he's entering into this time in the desert to be with his father in order to deepen that relationship, which is really an interesting uh, idea to, to you know, contemplate. He went off to pray. It's always an interesting thing to contemplate. Mm-hmm. And you see the, 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 <clears throat> the necessity to it, the urgency, right? In the first line, the Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. Jesus was being pulled by the Father to go to the secret place uh, of prayer. And he, and he remained in the desert for 40 days. These are simple words, but a powerful lesson to how to pray. Sometimes we're guided by the Holy Spirit, and we, and we throw ourselves in prayer. Or sometimes we do it out of sadness or frustration. But whatever it is, the Holy Spirit always in, <clears throat> inspires us to grow closer to holiness. Um, and so I want to encourage all you, brothers and sisters of Christ, to kind of remain. And that's why we're doing a lot of these background stories and, and tips of what really happened in the Bible passage. So that when you're reading the gospel and you're praying with it and being a day, a day of solitude in the desert with Christ, you don't have to worry about trying to figure out what's happening. But that you could be open where everything is stripped away, right? If memories come and the emotions will resurface, it's okay. <clears throat> in prayer, uh, a lot of those things are meant to be open to the Lord and so that He could be with you to speak you to your heart. And sometimes in prayer, it could be a moment of wrestling, kind of what Father Brian was saying. But uh, Jesus could have done this 40 days pretty easily through his divinity, but he didn't. He allowed, he allowed himself and his humanity to really struggle and to pray and to wrestle. <clears throat> and that's why it's interesting is that he was among wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. Yeah, so just kind of like repeating what Paul Bryan says, 
you know, like it's Christ's humanity that was really being tested, and so he was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Right? If 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 Jesus had only um, been tested through his divinity, the angels wouldn't have come to minister him. But the Lord, the Lord God's teaching us when we surrender ourselves to God, and through the um, through this intense time of prayer. The Lord is always going to take care of us. And I want to just read a, a quote from Cardinal Robert Serrano's powerful book, The Power of Silence. If you have a chance uh, throughout this Lenten season, read that book. Don't rush through it. Like, read a few paragraphs a day and you'll, get, and you'll see the beauty of it as I read. <clears throat> Cardinal Serrano speaks about how being in the desert and praying is really good for one's soul in order to encounter God even more. He says, man does not seek silence for the sake of silence. The desire for silence for its own sake will be a sterile venture, a particularly exhausting aesthetic experience. In the depths of his soul, man wants the presence and company of God. In the same way that Christ sought his Father in the desert, far from the cries and passions of the crowd, if we really desire him and if we are in his presence, Words are, are no longer necessary. This silent intimacy with God is the only speech, dialogue, and communion. I'll read that again. In the depths of his soul, man wants the presence and company of God in the same way that Christ sought his Father in the desert, far from the cries and passions of the crowd. If we truly desire him, and if we are in his presence, Words are no longer necessary. This silent intimacy with God is the only speech, dialogue, and communion. That quote is clearly <clears throat> evident in the Gospel of Mark where we just read. There's very few words. There's not even you know a dialogue until the very end. All it says is that the Spirit drove Jesus into the desert and he remained in the desert for 40 days. Tempted by Satan, he was among wild beasts. So you already see kind of the topics that we've, we've already talked about, the stripping away of things, the, the grueling battle, you know, the battle of the wills, as you can say, and then how the angels ministered to him. And after his, his period of prayer, Jesus emerges from the desert experience to proclaim the gospel of God, to be united to the will of the Father and to say, this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now after, <clears throat> now after you've, ha you've heard all of these statements that we talked about, re really about the scripture side of Mark and why it was so important to really have a relationship with Jesus, to be united to the Father and to spend time in prayer. I want you guys to close your eyes again and to, and to pray through this gospel. Ask the Lord God, God, what are you trying to teach me? And if there are any words that pop out of you, don't go any further. Just stop and pray the word over and over again. So, so we'll read the scripture passage again. Father Brian, you want to read that? Gospel of Mark. Chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. He remained in the desert for 40 
days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Once again, feel free to pause this podcast and to just sit in the silence and notice the words that are coming to you right now. Is this this image of the Holy Spirit driving Jesus into the desert? Is it the is it the length of days that Jesus is in the desert? Is there any resistance in our hearts, especially when we hear about being there for 40 days or tempted by Satan? How do we feel when the angels are ministering to Jesus? How would it feel if the angels are ministering to us? Which they are. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. What do we see in our mind's eye after Jesus has been done praying and and his cousin John the Baptist has been arrested? How do we feel when we hear Jesus speak for the first time from this gospel passage? What comes to our mind? encourage you during this time if any past memories come up you know don't be quick to dismiss them continue to ask God okay God give me the grace of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to understand why is this memory being brought forth what is your will here right now in this moment Tell Jesus of all these things that you just experienced. Relate it back to God. Speak to Him. As you're done speaking, conversing with God, and there's a lull in the dialogue. Wait for that silence. And if there's a lot of silence, it's okay. Maybe God's asking you to be with Him in the solitude of the desert right now. Or if you're like me, there is no silence because there's no internal silence. So you encounter all the noise inside of you. Correct. And then you bring all of that to the Lord. I don't have internal silence. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. The chaos is inside of me. So <laughs> I go out in the desert and all I got is myself and chaos. So mm-hmm. if you run into that, um, then surrender everything. I trust in you, Jesus. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. I trust in you. It's mm-hmm. a pretty good prayer to try to get rid of that noise level. Amen. Um, for the Lord. Yeah, so continue to give all that to God. It's okay that you 
are experiencing all these things and responding to him. <clears throat> one, one of the next things that we want to talk about is this method of surrendering. And so I'm going to read some of the <clears throat> some of the methods that will help you in your prayer, especially when you find it not fruitful at all, or that you're still resisting. It's okay. God continues to work through any time of our prayer. So first is that we have to be humble enough to admit that we are powerless, right, in front of our imperfection, our sins, and that we as humans are powerless. So kind of admitting that we are powerless in front of God and allowing us to acknowledge that powerlessness and to be in that powerlessness and a vulnerability. Two, asking God for the grace to believe that He can come into our life and to restore us to our proper dignity, to give us balance, and to give us peace. Each time you go in prayer, number three, we're making an intentional decision to turn our will and lives over to God instead of forcing it upon Him. And sometimes in prayer, God's asking us to examine our conscience to see the areas in which we still need to improve on. And so I want and so those methods of surrendering should always be part of the prayer too. Sometimes when we don't hear God's voice, it's okay. Saying, God, I'm here. Allow your work to be worked in me. And my courage after you're spending a lot, a lot of time praying over this passage, one question to consider is Lord Jesus, as I'm praying with you in the, in the desert. What things are still claiming my attention that I love more than you? It could be our family, our friends, our jobs. The list goes on and on. And don't be ashamed to write it out too. Like This is not an exercise to guilt you, but allow God to show to you that you can achieve greater freedom when we surrender things over to him. And it's a tough thing to do. That's why in the passage, Jesus goes into the desert. It's a grueling experience. But prayer has has assets of both. A good prayer of, of peacefulness, and but also a hardness of prayer of being dry. Sometimes not hearing the Lord's voice. But whatever it is, continue to hand it over to God. And at each time when you have these experiences of frustration or restlessness in your prayer, right, Ask that question. What, Lord, what things am I still not handing over to you? What things am I still struggling to surrender over to you? And then during that prayer, ask for the grace. Help me to surrender all these things to you. And then to, ask, and to pray for this grace to do it not just a one and done only, but for a daily basis and the rest of our lives. So thank you so much. Uh, for tuning in to our podcast, especially in a day a day of solitude with Christ in the desert. And I want to encourage you during the season of Lent to find that time. It doesn't have to be kind of like what we priests are used to, a five-day retreat. It could be even a half-an-hour walk or a 20-minute walk or whatever minutes you have. Pull yourself away 
and just be in the desert with Jesus. And we hope that this exercise has been fruitful for you, but also inspire you to go deeper into your prayer. So may God bless you during these 40 days of Lent. And we, we pray that God's love and His healing love and mercy continues to open your hearts for Him. God bless you. Hashtag stay holy, my friends.